It's the Bradfield Weather Podcast, underwritten by Action Carpet and Floor Covering of Simsbury, a full-service, family-run flooring company. I'm Dan Lavallo. He is meteorologist Brad Field. We have a lot to cover on our podcast, which we are putting together on this October 29th. And we're going to get to the long-range winter forecast. That will be the last segment. But, Brad, there is a lot going on right now, particularly when it comes to Zeta. Oh, my goodness, Dan. Louisiana is under assault. I mean, this is the third hurricane in two months uh, to strike Louisiana. It came ashore last night. This time, New Orleans was in on the action. 87-mile-per-hour winds in New Orleans. 110-mile-per-hour wind gust was the highest I saw recorded along the uh, Louisiana and Mississippi border region. We have the report that Zeta is a deadly storm. Uh, A couple of people have uh, died already, and a lot of people in the dark, a million without power in the area of Louisiana and uh, Mississippi. And uh, right now, as we record this on the morning of Thursday, October 29th, the winds are still 60 miles per hour. The storm, the last reading we had on the storm, it was about 100 miles to the west of Atlanta. But I'll tell you what, it's a moving target, Dan. It is racing northeast at 40 miles per hour. So Zeta is on the move. And Zeta is going to have an impact on our weather here in New England and the Northeast, isn't it? Absolutely. Zeta and the remnants of Zeta uh, is going to interact with an Arctic front. And the rain that we are experiencing today on Thursday, October 29th, is from Zeta. And it's going to continue overnight tonight. But uh, I'll tell you, the storm is going to track Uh, across northern Virginia, and then off Delaware to a position near 4070. And Dan, we always talk in the winter months when a storm goes near that position, 40 degrees north latitude, 70 degrees west longitude, that's where we can get our big snowstorms. All right, so we've got Zeta there, moving there during the overnight hours of tonight, and we've got Arctic cold coming down from the north. Now, you put those two together, we are going to see the rain of today and tonight change to snow as we head toward daybreak tomorrow. So we're looking at a wintry mix of rain, sleet, and snow across the state for the Friday morning commute. And Dan, I do think that this snow could accumulate. You know, this is this is interesting in so many areas. For example, is it unusual to get this kind of an Arctic front the last week of October infiltrating our region? Yes, this is a uh, this is a really cold uh, outbreak for sure. And uh, you know, it doesn't happen often. Uh, but you know, I'll point you back to 2011. This exact thing happened. But uh, I do not think we're going to see the amount of snow that we saw. Uh, back in October of 2011. But I will tell you this, Dan, that it's a very unusual situation, and it's a very dynamic situation. We have extremely cold air for the time of year moving in to a hurricane, to what was a hurricane. So we've got a, a tremendous moisture source, and we've got a tremendous, for the season, 
Arctic outbreak. At this point, I'm thinking like 80% of this storm is going to be in the rain realm here in Connecticut. But if I'm off, say uh, it's only 60% of the, the storm is rain and then 40% of the storm is sleet and snow, then we'll get a lot more. But right now I'm thinking that the, uh, the freezing line is going to sort of correlate with daybreak on Friday, and then there's not that much of the storm left. So I do think we'll see snow, sleet, and rain mixed across the state tomorrow morning, Friday morning, October 30th. We will say this, though. I do think it will be functional of intensity. When it comes down hard, I think it'll be mainly snow, mixing cold air down from cloud level. And when it comes down lightly or it lets up in intensity, I think it will t- tend to turn over to rain and drizzle. But uh, we are expecting accumulating snow tomorrow. I do think that the state will see a coating to as much as two inches of accumulation, especially on grassy surfaces. I mean, obviously, the blacktop has not been cooled down at all. So uh, hopefully it's not going to impact driving too much. But I am looking for a coating to a couple of inches of snow. And Dan, out your way, uh, the Goshens and uh, Norfolk's of the world, perhaps Winstead, I wouldn't be shocked to see three inches of snow accumulation on Friday morning. This is just incredible, Uh, but uh, like you said, it does happen. So accumulation can occur, is what you're saying, particularly in the Northwest Hills. Yes, and I do expect, Dan, uh, as I told you on the phone uh, offline before we we started the podcast, I could see this going all the way down to the Connecticut shoreline. I mean, uh, if you live in Stamford or uh, over to Bridgeport or New Haven or Old Saybrook or New London, and you're thinking, uh, Brad and Dan can't be talking about us. We're not going to see snow tomorrow morning. You very well might. Uh, you know, the temperature uh, along the immediate I-95 corridor may never get lower than 35 or 36. So it may be awfully hard to accumulate, uh, but I do think you're going to see snow in the air and uh, as snow coming down at a pretty good rate. And any time you get any snow at all in the month of October, it's, it's noteworthy, that's for sure. But I do expect that up in, uh, up in uh, your region, Dan, the hills of Litchfield County, uh, instead of that 35 or 36 that I'm predicting for the I-95 corridor, I'm thinking it might be 31 or 32. So that snow may indeed pile up to three inches, and it could even accumulate uh, a little bit of slush on uh, road surfaces as well. Okay. Well, what we're going to do, because uh, the crystal ball segment on our podcast this time will be our always popular long-range winter forecast, what we're going to do is deliver the immediate forecast right now. So how about giving us that immediate forecast? Well, Dan, it is just bleak out there this afternoon, Thursday, October 29th. It's going to be rainy and chilly, a direct result of moisture from Zeta. The rain overnight will be mixing with snow as we head toward daybreak. Temperatures overnight falling through the 30s. And again, I'll say mid-30s on the shore, but low 30s in the hills. Uh, And I'm not only saying northwest Connecticut hills, northeast Connecticut hills as well, Dan. Places out toward uh, Union and Willington, for example, should see a few inches of accumulation. Now for Friday... It looks like a morning mix of uh, 
snow, sleet, and rain, or just plain snow with a coating to two inches of accumulation for most of us in the state. And, uh, of course, again, that gradation would be the coating down toward the shoreline to the two inches up toward, say, Stuffield and Enfield and the Massachusetts border. But the highest amount in the northwest and northeast hills where up to three inches of snow can accumulate on grassy surfaces. But, Dan, get this one. The high tomorrow for Friday, October 30th, will only be in the 30s. That's like a, win- a midwinter day. There will be a killing freeze Friday night. So anybody that has any kind of plants that are still outdoors, they are going to die. Uh, temperatures will be in the 20s. It will be very cold. And I don't think we're talking 29. I think we're talking 24, 25. Uh, I definitely think if you've got outdoor hoses and outdoor water, you're going to want to turn it off because you don't want uh, you, you, you don't want uh the, the water to uh, break the pipes when it freezes into ice. Uh, Saturday, it looks like it'll be a sunny day. Temperatures in the 40s, so uh, really chilly for the time of year. Should be in the mid-50s. On Sunday, a uh, shower or two is possible. Uh, it'll be partly sunny and the wind will be cranking. We'll be a- ahead of a cold front. A cold front will be approaching from the eastern Great Lakes on Sunday. So it looks like a fresh southerly wind and briefly milder with temperatures up into the seasonable 50s. But then we are behind the cold front on Monday. The winds will be cranking out of the northwest. We'll see mixed clouds and sun. And I'm just going to call it just plain cold for the time of year. Temperature 38 to 44. Tuesday, Dan, looks sunny and cold. Temperature between 36 and 42. Now, if anybody's starting to worry and saying, oh my goodness, this is awful, this is so early, I got uh, the best news for last here. Wednesday and Thursday of next week looks like a little hint of Indian summer coming at us. Sun milder on uh, Wednesday in the 50s. And I think Thursday, Dan, we could be back up into the 60s. So uh, this is a a brief preview of winter that's going to go on from, say, Friday morning through Tuesday, but then uh, a rapid warm-up as we head to the middle part of next week. And before I forget, because I didn't write it down, Dan, this is the weekend that the clocks fall back. And uh, I'm, I'm sure you're all over that with the, the differences in the time and everything. But uh, I've been getting my, my uh, wife off to work in the morning. She works at the uh, Granby Middle School. And um, when she leaves the house at quarter or seven, it is pitch black out right now. So uh, this is going to be good to uh, turn the clocks back a little bit. So when the kids are waiting for the buses and so forth in the morning, it's not going to be so dark. Well, I have to tell you, I awoke at quarter to seven this morning, and I had to do a double take. I thought it was four o'clock in the morning. That's how dark it was. So I will welcome yes. the I welcome the time change as well. There's no question about it. The Bradfield Weather Podcast is underwritten by Action Carpet and Floor Covering of Simsbury. I want to take a moment to talk about Action Carpet and Floor Covering of Simsbury, underwriters of the Bradfield Weather Podcast. Founded in 1993 by Kevin Blake, Action Carpet and Floor Covering has a mission. And that mission is to understand how customers' individual flooring needs are met 
and to help customers realize all of their options. Now, Action Carpet and Floor Covering aims to assist customers in making an informed flooring purchase, a purchase that will suit a customer's budget requirements and lifestyles. Building relationships of trust and comfort is of the utmost importance for the Action Carpet and Floor Covering team. Action Carpet and Floor Covering wants customers to be beyond satisfied. Action Carpet is there for you. Flooring, vinyl laminate, hardwood, backsplashes, area rugs, check, carpeting, yes, tiling needs, yes, Action Carpet and Floor Covering handles it all. Call Action Carpet and Floor Covering today, 860-651-8406, 860-651-8406. Action Carpet and Floor Covering. You can also visit them online, action-carpet.com, action-carpet.com. Action Carpet and Floor Covering of Simsbury, underwriters of the Bradfield Weather Podcast. You mentioned uh, the immediate forecast is somewhat of a winter preview, which is a parlay into our crystal ball segment where you are about to deliver your always popular, much-anticipated, long-range winter forecast. So what does it look like for the winter of 2020-2021? All right, Dan, it's uh, it's an exciting time for me. And uh, I am a firm believer that uh, in, in expertise. For example, I've always uh, had my taxes done with an accountant. Uh, whenever I want a short-term forecast on on the weather in New England, I do it myself because I think I'm very good at it. Whenever I want to know something uh, about a hurricane that, and how it may directly impact uh, Connecticut, I will call my friend uh, at the National Hurricane Center or at the University of Colorado. And when I look at long-range winter forecasts, I have to give a lot of uh, credence to, uh, these are all acquaintances and friends of mine, uh, Bernie Reno, uh, if you've heard of him, he works for AccuWeather. He does very good wintertime forecasting and so forth. Uh, there's a gentleman who was a um, professor up at Linden State College for the longest time and now uh, is one of the uh, presidents and owners of WeatherBell. His name is Joe DeLeo. Uh, there's a former TV meteorologist who does weather now across the nation, uh, long-term forecasting, especially for commodities. You want to know about uh, you, how is the corn crop shaping up in the Midwest and so forth. That's Larry Cosgrove of Weather America. Uh, and for fun and, and, and also knowledge because they have a lot of uh, good data astronomically and so forth. Um, I look at the Farmer's Almanac uh, out of Maine. I look at the old Farmer's Almanac out of New Hampshire. And of course, as we're putting the winter forecast together, we look at what the guidance is from NOAA, the National Oceanographic and Atmospheric Administration. So we take all of those together. Uh, we look at uh, we 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 look at uh, analog years, Dan, which simply means when did we have this setup? When did we have a, a neutral ENSO pattern that was turning into a La Nina pattern? When did we see this jet stream pattern that we're seeing in late October globally? 
and we look back at what we call analog years. So this that goes into it. Um, sunspot activity. We were coming out of a very, very uh, minimum solar cycle right now, and we're still in a uh, fairly minimum solar cycle. So whenever you're making these long-range forecasts, all these different, uh, all these different ingredients go in into the recipe, and you mix it around, and you come up with your best estimate. So, uh, you know, I do not say that uh, I would bet my house that this forecast is going to be right, but I do think that there's a very good basis for making the predictions that I'm about to make. So just as a way of a quick review, Dan, if anybody, uh, if anybody uh, missed as these uh, predictions were coming out. Now, remember, the Farmer's Almanac and the Old Farmer's Almanac are different. The Farmer's Almanac is uh, a publication out of Maine, and they are calling the winter forecast of 2020-2021 harsh for us uh, with some very intense cold snaps and snowfall. They are actually uh, pinning it down to a blizzard the second week of February. Uh, they are also predicting a major East Coast storm December 12th through December 15th, and that the month of January will be bitterly cold. That's the Farmer's Almanac prediction. The old Farmer's Almanac, uh, which is out of uh, Dublin, New Hampshire, is predicting that the uh, upstate New York region, the Berkshires, and on up into northern New England, they say three words. It's snow time. Um, they've got from Boston through Connecticut to New York City to Philadelphia to Virginia. They're saying sheets of sleet for the winter upcoming. Uh, the coldest weather in the nation they're predicting will be in New England, specifically in the state of Maine. They are saying snowfall will be greater than normal uh, throughout uh, the Northeast, including Wisconsin, uh, Upper Michigan, the High Plains, and on up into northern Alaska. And they are also talking the very low solar activity being offset by essentially climate change. So they are, they are saying that it should all kind of equal out to sort of normal temperatures to the northeastern United States. Now, the gentleman over at AccuWeather, uh, I will briefly review this too, uh, Bernie Reno and his friends, um, they, they're telling us that winter officially starts. Uh, the, the winter solstice is December 21st, set up driven by a key factor, La Nina. And uh, that's going uh, to be significant in my winter forecast as well. They're talking about mild with respect to 30-year averages, but near normal snowfall across much of New England. So, Dan, if you consider back that the last two years we've not had much in the way of snow, if we have a near normal snowfall season, it's going to seem like a lot. And AccuWeather is bookending the season. They think there'll be a very early season chill through the Great Lakes, Ohio Valley, and the Northeast, a lot of lake effect snow. Uh, but then they have, as the calendar flips to 2021, old man winter loosening his grip with the temperatures rising, uh, snowfall decreasing. Uh, they've got a Great Lakes storm track, which the snow lovers in Connecticut are going to go, ah, that's terrible. And it is, 
when a storm tracks toward the Great Lakes, we are ultimately on the warm side of the storm. Um, in the coldest of winters, and when uh, La Nina frequently has cold, high pressure in eastern Canada, that can lead to a lot of icing here in Connecticut, which really nobody likes. Um, but now during the latter part of the winter, the potential for big coastal snowstorms as that Great Lakes track shifts to the eastern seaboard. Again, this is the AccuWeather prediction with late February and March giving us numerous nor'easters. Uh, just as an example of precipitation amounts, in New York City, Dan, the 30-year average is 26 inches of snow. Last winter in New York City, only five inches of snow. This winter, uh, they are predicting 23 inches, so right around normal. Uh, Boston, normally around 44 inches of snow. Last winter, only 16 inches of snow. And this winter, a much more normal 40 inches of snow. Uh, the core of the coldest air this winter in the Pacific Northwest and the Northern Rockies and the warmest air in the Southeast uh, up to the Mid-Atlantic. So, Dan, that is the AccuWeather forecast for the upcoming winter. Okay. And uh, uh, again, what's your take on it? How do you see what's going to unfold? All right. Well, I've been, as I said, I I gave you my bibliography. I looked at all of these different uh, parameters and uh, what what the sea state condition is in the uh, ENSO region and so forth. And um, I do believe the primary driver of this winter is going to be the transition from what is called ENSO neutral, which ENSO just means El Nino Southern Oscillation. So uh, I think we're going to see the transition from ENSO neutral. In other words, those tropical waters in the Pacific are just about normal with respect to where they typically are on these like long-term 30-year averages. It's going to shift from ENSO neutral to La Nina which means those tropical waters are colder than, than average. So then you have to look and say, okay, if you've got the tropical waters of the Pacific colder, what does that do to the jet stream? Not only there, but globally, across the entire globe. And we find when there are La Nina winters, we usually see the northern tier of the United States. So for now, let's leave out Alaska and Hawaii. We're just talking about the lower 48 here. The northern tier is cold and wet in a typical La Nina. The southern tier is typically mild and dry. Now, there's another complicating issue this year, Dan. Um, the, 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 The La Nina jet essentially shows slight ridging in the Rockies, so you would expect less than normal snow for the Rockies troughing through the Great Lakes, which is where you would expect the core of the coldest air to be. And with the southeast ridge, it's going to try to keep it warm in Florida. So Florida could be the warmest place in the whole country this this upcoming winter, um, even warmer than, say, New Mexico and Arizona and Southern California and all that. So Florida is the hot spot. And occasionally that southeast ridge, as it builds, will shove warm air up the eastern seaboard up to, say, the mid-Atlantic. But I do believe that there will be some intrusions of that mild air up into New England as well. So we're in a La Nina, which should keep us cold, 
but we've got this offsetting uh, thing happening with the, the reaching over the southeastern United States. So when I did all of my figuring out and whatever, I came up with, with respect to 30-year averages, I think we will be about a degree or two warmer than uh, what's a, a, a normal quote-unquote winter. But temperatures, I do think this winter will be fairly much near where, where they should be. I mean, you go back and you look at the summer of 2020, and we had uh, months like July where it was 5 degrees or 6 degrees above average, uh, you know, August 4 degrees above average. I mean, it was incredibly warm with respect to average. I do not see that at all. I think we might be a degree above uh, average this upcoming winter. And, and that's all because of the southeastern ridge. And I will add a word of caution to this whole prediction, Dan. Uh, NOAA is indicating about a 55% confidence, so a little better than half, that we are going to come out of this uh, ENSO neutral and go into a La Nina. I will caution our audience and give snow lovers hope in our audience. If we happen to stay and so neutral all winter, we could really up these snow accumulations because I will point out that the winter of 1995 and 1996 was and so neutral. And in Connecticut, we got crushed with snow. We had a 10 feet of snow at Bradley International Airport. So, of course, the northwest and northeast hills had more than that. But that was the uh, winter of 95 and 96. And some of these winters back in the late 70s were ENSO neutral winters as well. And we had big snows, obviously, uh, with that uh, famous New England blizzard of 1978. So that's something we'll be on the lookout for right now, though. I do see um, I do see a La Nina pattern. I am banking on that La Nina pattern. So, uh, with respect to the thirty-year average, we're going for a degree or so above average. Um, in a typical La Nina, Dan, you see wetter than normal weather in the Pacific Northwest and all across the northern tier, above average precipitation, which is good for the drought situation. But we are also looking for shots of cold air. Uh, through the Great Lakes and New England, and it looks dry and mild in the southern states. So if I had to, uh, if I had to go on uh, on and predict right now, which I do, uh, normal snowfall in Bradley is somewhere around 40, 45 inches of snow in a normal winter. And the last couple of winters, we've been way short of that. Uh, it started out like a house of fire last year, but it fizzled. But uh, I'm predicting around 50 inches of snow uh, this winter with uh, maybe up to about a foot of snow above average. So uh, temperature about a degree or so above average and snowfall near normal to about a foot above average. But the point is here, Dan, that the last couple of winters have been basically snow free. So if we even go back to normal or slightly above, it's going to seem like a way worse winter. So, uh, you know, there we have it. And, um, you know, maybe we should tell the, uh, 
the listeners what we're planning to do um, you know, down the line with this winter forecast. Yes, uh, we hope in the next couple of weeks, when the weather turns nicer, and it is going to turn nice again, to uh, get together and actually do a specific long-range winter forecast by way of Facebook Live, correct? Yeah, that would be fun. And we'll be able to post it on uh, all of your social media accounts, uh, all of my social media accounts will have it on uh, bradfieldweather.com. But, uh, you know, I'm, I may steal, uh, you know, it's, it's political season, obviously, and I may steal the idea that uh, Tim Russert invented years ago with the old whiteboard, <laughs> and uh, Carl Rove has the whiteboard now going and so forth. So I was thinking maybe, uh, you know, maybe you and I could be at a beautiful location, um, I know up near us is the Seville Dam. It's so beautiful there. And, uh, you know, maybe maybe sit out on a nice sunny day with the, with the whiteboard and, uh, and uh, show everybody exactly what we're thinking for the upcoming winter. But we did commit to doing it today. So uh, I, I gave you my bibliography, all the people and, and uh, entities that I look at when I'm trying to make a long-range prediction. And we came up with ours about a degree above average in terms of temperature and normal to maybe about a foot above normal in terms of snowfall this upcoming winter. But we will have, uh, you know, you'll be able to see us. We'll, we're, we're, we're talking the meat and potatoes today, Dan. We'll get into some of the quiche when we do the, uh, the Facebook Live. <laughs> that sounds like a plan. <laughs> Well, uh, we shall see what we shall see, but uh, in summation, people should not interpret or take what's going to happen over the next couple of days when they might see some snow or mixed precipitation as this sending us smack dab into the dead of winter by late October (laughs) or early November, correct? No, I actually see, uh, if if I'm going to do, I did the short-term forecast, and obviously we did the very long-term forecast for the winter forecast, but uh, if if we look at the the first couple of weeks in November, uh, once we get past uh, Election Day next Tuesday, which I do think will be sunny and cold, um, temperatures only between 36 and 42, uh, I see a dramatic change beginning Wednesday. Um, and, uh, so it looks to me as though we might see some Indian summer type weather coming back, uh, in Thursday, that I would say the temperature is likely to be in the sixties next week. So there certainly is still some time, you know, obviously if you've uh, got some wood chop that you want to stack in the garage or the barn or something, uh, you'll have some nice days to do it. That's for sure. Uh, I am looking out at my yard, Dan, and there are wet, dead leaves all over the place. I mean, people I know are going to want to rake and get their yards clean, gardens cleaned up a little bit before winter comes in. But I would recommend, uh, I I don't really think you need your snow snakes yet. I mean, I suppose if you live up in the northwest or northeast hills, you might put them out because, you, you know, if you get three inches of snow, maybe your plow service will come. So, uh, you know, it's that, it's that type of thing. But I definitely would, would recommend turning the outdoor water off now just before you forget. And then some night it's down to 22 degrees and then you, you have yourself a mess. Well put, and I'm glad you reminded me because uh, I was going to forget about it, but that is a great reminder, and I'm going to be doing that today in preparation for our colder temperatures. Great idea, Brett. 
Okay, thank you, Dan, and I hope uh, I hope our uh, I hope our listeners have a uh, a wonderful weekend. And um, you know, we're the the elections coming up on Tuesday, so get out and vote, and then uh, and then hopefully uh, everything settles down. Well, that sounds like a plan. And uh, you know, Brad, we always like to thank our first responders uh, at the conclusion of our podcast for all the hard work they do. So a big thank you for our first responders who put their lives on the line every day. And to our podcast audience and to you and Sandy, have a great weekend. You and Susan, too, Dan, and everybody, don't forget, this is the weekend we fall back. So before you go to bed, Saturday night, Halloween night, you know, all the little ghosts and goblins will be coming around. But after after they're home in bed and just before you go to bed, remember to set the clocks back. And also the firefighters remind us it's a good time to, uh, to check the batteries on smoke detectors and carbon monoxide detectors and things like that. Well put. Thanks, Brad. The Bradfield Weather Podcast has been underwritten by Action Carpet and Floor Covering of Simsbury, a full-size, service, family-run flooring company.